DJ and PK brought to you in part by Mark Miller. DJ and PK in the morning is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. We're joined now by Eric Walden, Utah jazz writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. Eric, good morning. How's it going, fellas? It's going pretty well. Jazz are 55 games deep in the season. My math skills tell me there's 17 games left. They're into the final quarter of the season. And I'm curious, as a beat writer who watches all the games, is on so many Zoom calls I can't even count, is there anything you still need to know and learn about this team, or would it be okay with you if the playoffs started next week? Oh, you know, I think, honestly, we, we kind of know about this team. Um, that said, like, ideally, you know, they do have 17 games to kind of, you know, hopefully figure out a few problem areas. But I guess the question becomes, you know, after they've played 55, do you think that 17 more are going to, you know, be what it takes to kind of fix the transition defense issues? You know, um, are those extra 17 games going to be enough to do something about, you know, the occasional ball stopping issues that we've seen that, that, you know, the first 55 haven't taken care of. Um, I guess theoretically it's possible, and that's the reason why you play 72 instead of 55 this year. But, um, you know, I, I have a hard time believing that, like, we're going to see major shifts in those areas over this next little bit. So 41 and 14, obviously first in the West and all that stuff, first in the league, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but when you hear the knock on this team, well, there isn't a history as far as, you know, with uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, they've got a history of winning a title and all that. So, and Kawhi Leonard has done the same over there for the Clippers with other teams. What about their history, if anything, gives you cause for concern, or do you think they've gotten past that, and this is about now, not about relying or base any opinion on history? You know, I mean, for all the times we've heard that, you know, this, this team doesn't have an, a quote-unquote elite guy, I think, you know, Donovan Mitchell is, is, is on a sufficient tear, you know, prior to, to what he did in the Thunder game that we could probably kind of discount that. You know, he's, he's going to be their main guy when the going gets tough, when they need a basket. Um, now the question is, you know, people are inevitably going to ask, can he pull it off at the same level that, you know, O'Bron James can or that uh, James Harden or Kevin Durant can? Um, and, and these are valid questions, you know. I mean, the, the nagging question with this team is, can they get it done in the playoffs? And, you know, the obvious answer is, well, until we see it, we don't know. But, um, you know, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Bogey. We're starting to see him be a little bit more aggressive, uh, we're starting to see him consistently kind of find alternate ways to score, even when his first two or three jump shots are not necessarily dropping. Um, they've got an abundance of options, which is a good thing. And, you know, again, it, it, it's going to come down to would you rather have two megastars or would you rather have four guys who are, you know, on that next tier or two down? And, I mean, this is what we're left with. The Jazz are not in a position to, to land those megastars. And so we, we see them make do with this. And, um, you know, as for whether that's enough, I think, I think we're seeing Don take another step this year. Um, but, again, it's going to come down to can he do it in the playoffs when the pace slows, 
when the refs swallow their whistles a little bit more, when the physicality ratchets up, um, you know, is, is he going to be able to pull it off in that in that kind of situation? I'm struggling to come up with stars who have won it all. Duncan, Magic are the two who come to mind, who have won it all without having ever played in a conference final or an NBA final. Usually you have to get deep in the playoffs, lose, learn from it, and come back. Shaq and Kobe had to lose a conference final to the Jazz before they won it all. Jordan lost a couple conference finals to the Pistons before he won it all. And you go on down the list, all these players, how much does it concern you that this team – uh, has gone out in the first round the last two years, and Mike Conley's been to a conference final, but I don't think anybody else has. Yeah, you're right about that. Mike Conley's the only one on this roster who's made it that far, and there's a lot to that. You know, we we come from an era of, of basketball where, yeah, uh, at first it was Larry Bird and, and Isaiah Thomas had to lose to him a few times in order to make it with the Pistons. And then Michael Jordan and the Bulls had to lose to them a few times, and you know, there's a lot to there's a lot to it, right? Where going through those fires, going through kind of um, the test of it, you know, seeing what it takes on that next level to kind of elevate your game and and take that next step. There's something to it. Um, now you can argue that the Jazz having lost you know, in the first round the last two years and the second round the year before that, they've gotten a little bit of a taste of it. I don't know that, you know, the the journey needs to necessarily inherently include a stop in the conference finals. You know, it, it might be that this group with having everyone healthy and everyone ready to go, having Boyan Bogdanovich back this year and on on another level and if we can get Rudy performing consistently in the postseason, you know, maybe that's sufficient to make that leap, but uh, to your point, yeah, it hasn't happened a ton. I think Jordan Clarkson was on the Cleveland Cavaliers finals yep. team in right. 2018. Yep. That's, that, I forgot about JC with the Cavs, but um, I, I, I want to say that his role there was, was fairly limited by the time they got to the finals, so he wasn't getting a ton of minutes, but yeah, your your point is correct. No, he wasn't. I'm looking at the uh, player summaries. He only played in two games, uh, so and had 12 minutes a game. But nevertheless, just just for the sake of accuracy in my old newspaper days, Eric, I'm sure you could appreciate that. I do. I appreciate you keeping me on my toes <laughs> and keeping me honest, which you know are one of those I expect from you, if, if not necessarily the latter. So. <laughs> always, always get to be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I'm thinking, uh, we, if I'm looking for concerns, you know, you, you talked about individually Donovan Mitchell there, and you listed all the stuff, uh, refereeing, and just the nature of the games in the playoffs. And it's all legitimate, and he does have to answer those questions, and the team has to answer the questions in the postseason because there is somewhat of a disbelief or an unbelief in this team as far as that they can do what they're doing now in the postseason. And one of those things, rather than focus individually, is collectively is the three-point shooting because the pressure ramps up literally and mentally in the playoffs as we've seen that. So how do you think the three-point shooting will be able to 
what the uh, succeed, I guess. How good will they be in terms of making three pointers? Because it's clear they're going to need to make them in the postseason. Right. Yeah. And and what a what a time for that question, given that you know we've, we've seen the Jazz recently go through a stretch of you know eleven for forty four and twelve for forty two, and you know I think they had three or four games where they three and a half games probably we'll call it where they really were just pretty pedestrian behind the arc. And some of that, you know, they attributed to changing defenses, you know, teams becoming a little more committed to running them off the line and then running shots. Some of it, they just attributed it to, you know, a random variance where, you know, uh, it was inevitable that there was going to be some downturn in their efficacy from beyond the arc. And it just so happened that, you know, it was those games consecutively, but, um, you know, there's a reason that people say live by the three, die by the three, right? I mean, if not for missing 27 consecutive three-pointers in a, in a conference finals game, maybe we're looking at the Houston Rockets being NBA champions one year and, and not having had to uh, detonate that entire franchise. So there's something to it, um, especially given that, you know, we've seen Jordan Clarkson really kind of tail off in terms of three-point shooting recently. We've seen Bogey be up and down. Uh, Donovan got up to 40% and then had a few rough games there. So it's, it's a valid criticism. I guess the question is, you know, do they ultimately just trust what got them there and, and figure that, um, you know, this is what they've been doing all year long? They're on pace an NBA record for threes attempted and threes made this year. So for better or worse, this is their identity and, and it's it's what they're rolling with. Eric Walden joining us, jazz beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. So there is a, a lot of emphasis on the standings, the race, get the top seed, and that all sounds good, home court advantage, especially when you get to play at elevation. Uh, but if the Lakers are sitting in that 4-5 uh, series and a potential second round or probable second round opponent. Do you really want the top seed? Do you think they'll tank <laughs> games to avoid it? Is it much ado about nothing because you either get out of the West or you don't, so you don't care what round? Where do you come down? And all, all those questions, you know them all. Go ahead. Go. Yeah. A few, <laughs> a few of us B writers were actually kind of discussing this yesterday, you know, kind of trying to project how the, how the standings might work out and how the seedings might work and who might be seeing who in the second round and here's what it comes down to um they're going to be seeing a really good really tough team in the second round almost assuredly um so i don't know that it does you a ton of good to tank especially because uh with the play-in tournament as it is right now um (laughs) their chances of getting out of the first round uh, as they stand, are, are a lot better if they remain the number one seed and you wind up with, say, uh, Memphis or, or someone like that being your first-round opponent as opposed to, you know, Dallas or Portland um, if you if you drop down to the two or, or three seed. So, you know, they could be playing the Lakers in the second round. They could be playing the Clippers in the second round. I suppose maybe it's a little advantageous now to face the Nuggets in the second round, perhaps, with, with Jamal uh, Murray's horrible injury. But, um, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be uh, actively tanking to avoid a matchup this year. 
you know, clearly that was something they did last year, uh, feeling like that he had the capacity to knock off Denver in the bubble. And, you know, but for but for Bogey being out and but for one last ditch Mike Conley shot rimming out, uh, they were going to. This time around, I think it probably makes more sense for them to simply uh, try to get home court advantage all the way through the playoffs because this team is really, really good at Vivian Arena. It, it makes a legitimate difference in how they play, and I think having as many games as they can there is, is ultimately going to be the biggest factor for them. You think they got something in Brantley or no? Or you don't know? <laughs> that's that's another great question, right? Like, he was the guy who, out of their, their trio of second-round picks a year ago, if you had asked me at the time who's the most likely to to stick, you know, I think most of us would have uh, predicted him. And, you know, since then we've seen Mieoni kind of be the guy, although last night that wasn't really the case. You know, Mieoni played seven minutes because Jarrell Brantley was simply uh, better out on the court than he was in, in this particular matchup. I think there's something there. Uh, I, I don't think it's a ton yet. I think he still is pretty kind of wildly inconsistent and, and a little bit underdeveloped at this point. But, there's some intriguing skills for sure. I mean, you've got a guy who's who's six foot five and who's thick, you know, who's built, but who's got some some guard skills. He's got the ability to hit some threes, to put the ball on the floor, to grab some rebounds. There's something there. The, the question is going to be, you know, is, does a team that's this good uh, have the ability to give minutes to a guy like that consistently. Uh, he probably more than anyone was was hurt by the fact that there were only a handful of G League games this year because uh, that really would have done him some good to play a full season with the Stars. Eric Walden, jazz writer for the Salt Lake Tribune, joining us. Uh, the Jazz have the, uh, the best record. Do you consider the healthy Lakers the best team, or have you got another favorite in the West? Yeah, I mean, LeBron and LeBron and Anthony Davis are are, are absolute game changers. Um, you know, which is not to say the Lakers don't have their flaws. Uh, I saw I saw someone post a stat on Twitter last night that out of the eleven thousand plus individual seasons that have been played by someone who's put up as many shot attempts as Wes Matthews, that uh, only about like fifty or so had a worse shooting percentage uh, in that time that than he did. So turns out not everything they do turns to gold. You know, we've we've seen Dennis Schroeder have his ups and downs there to the point now that, you know, uh, this this no-doubt extension we thought he was going to get is up in the air. We've seen Montrez Harrell have some issues. Um, we've seen Mark Gasol have some issues. I mean, they had enough issues at the big man spot that, but they felt compelled to go out and add Andre Drummond at the at the deadline, um, or rather on the buyout market post trade deadline. But you know, they're not a perfect team. But until somebody knocks those guys off, um, you have to consider them the favorites. I guess the question with with them is, you know, can you count on Anthony Davis to be healthy consistently? You know, he's a guy who throughout his career has been kind of consistently banged up, nicked up. He's always seemed to got something going on. Um, 
But then again, you know, if he can get it right for the playoffs and, and put it together for those 16 games, they're awfully tough. So, um, yeah, I think Phoenix have the experience. I think the Clippers probably, you know, while, while Kawhi and uh, Paul George are incredible, they've got some deficiencies. So, you know, as great as the Jazz have been and as likely as they are to finish with the one seed, uh, I, I think we have to say that, yeah, the Lakers are the postseason favorites if those two guys are back on the court and playing well. And you just hope if the Jazz should get through these teams in the West that they don't face the Wizards in the final, right? <laughs> yeah, as so long as they can avoid the Washington Wizards in the NBA Finals, they've got a shot. <laughs> 20 and 33. 6-2 and two against the big dogs. Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, Nets. 14 and 31 against everybody else. The NBA makes no sense. Yeah, there's there's a lot to that this year. It's, you know, I, I saw another stat that um the Jazz had like kind of the lowest margin of winning of any first place team in the league since um I I forget who the previous team was, but it was um the lowest margin of winning against fellow top teams of any team in, in about 20 or 30 years. So it's just it's just crazy all the way around. You know, who knows how it's going to turn out. Um, we're starting to see players say, hey, you know, did Joel Murray get hurt because we're playing this, this truncated schedule because we're cramming all these games into such a short amount of time. Uh, we've seen it turn into load management in the extreme for some squads. We've seen it turn into... Um, you know, that, that's been one of the criticisms of the Jazz's record. Yeah, they've won a lot of games, but a lot of them have been against, you know, uh, the Brooklyn Nets holding out Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving and all of that, you know. So what it all means, I don't know. But, um, you know, I guess to that point, yeah, let's just cancel these remaining 17 regular season games and, and get the playoffs started. We've seen all we need to, right? Well, that just brought this segment full circle. Way to go. Well done. Good work, Eric. This is why I'm the talented newspaper journalist that I am. <laughs> All right, well, we will let you go. We appreciate a few minutes uh, and uh, look forward to uh, reading you when the Jazz get going again Friday and Saturday. All right. We'll uh, talk later, guys. Thank you, Eric. Eric Walden, Jazz beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. DJ and PK coming up. NFL Draft Talk, Thor Nystrom's going to join us, college football and NFL draft writer for NBC Sports Edge. He's coming up in 15 minutes. Stay with us.